Hi, this is Sean Ferrick from Trek Culture. You are listening to Spock the Week podcast. to Spock the Week. I'm your host, JJ, aka the Alba Android, and as always, I am joined by my fellow host, Gregor, aka the Crabbit Ginger. Welcome, Gregor. Good evening, JJ. And also this week, we are joined by our guest, the commanding officer of the USS Alba, a Starfleet International chapter based in Scotland, uh, in Edinburgh specifically. Um, welcome, Ailey. Thank you for joining us on Spock the week. Hi. Just hi. Do we need to put money in? How does this, how does this work? Well, I don't well, know. I think I've that, I think that was enough. <laughs> you tell me what I'm supposed to I do. Th- I, I think that was enough, and I think if you if you know a better host would have maybe got a little bit more out out of you, you know. But <laughs> that's just that's just my opinion. But you know. Oh, there we go. Throw throw out throw out the line and Gregor bites every time. Um, joking aside, uh, Ailey, thank you very much for joining us. Each week here on Spot the Week, we're going to talk about uh, Star Trek based around a topic. And this week, we are going to be having our conversation based around Mr. Sp- so without further ado, let's get into this episode. Okay, so ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Spock probably one of the most iconic characters in Star Trek. Everybody knows who he is. Everybody has quoted him. Everybody does the, or knows the Vulcan salute or the Vulcan hello, whatever you want to call it. So Ailey, um, Mr. Spock, he's a big influence for you, isn't he? Yes, massive. So um, could you tell us uh, a little bit about how... um, when you first discovered Star Trek and Mr. Spock, what his character was to you and how he influenced you in such a positive way. Yes, of course. So I always knew that um, Star Trek existed because um, my parents liked it and, of course, they um, they saw it when it first came around. I never actually watched it myself until 2012, which was the year I turned 30. It was the way I came across it actually was procrastination. I was supposed to be writing an essay for my Gallic degree and I didn't want to actually work on it at the time. So I was doing the channel flicking and I came across film four and it was Star Trek. And I thought, hmm, Dad's talked about that. I'll watch it and see what it's like. I turned it on and it wasn't right at the very beginning. I can't even remember how far through it was, but it was Star Trek, the motion picture. And it was as the doors opened and Spock walked onto the bridge in his black robes. And I was just like, well, it was because he's different with the pointed ears and the deadpan face. There was just something about him. And then he spoke and I was just like hooked completely. So I watched the whole thing and then watched it on plus one to get the beginning, which I'd missed. What attracted me specifically at that moment was realizing the, the control of emotion. So I'll explain that a little bit, why that was a a great appeal. All through my teenage years and into my 20s, and right up to probably, well, 30, obviously, I had the most horrendous temper and basically no control over my emotions, which was causing loads of problems with studying life in general, relationships with family, relationships with people at university, and trying to find work. Because if one thing just went slightly wrong, I went eight like mental and I needed to find somebody who was a role model normally that would be my dad because he's a role model for everything else but guess where I inherited the temper from I couldn't turn to my dad as a role model for getting rid of a bad temper I needed somebody cool calm logical who didn't not have emotion because what a lot of people forget is Vulcans don't have no emotions they control and suppress them 
but and and we'll use them to sort of like fuel their search for logic and everything. When I then realized that that's what Spock did, I went back and started reading about him. I went on Wikipedia, I found everything I could about Spock. That's how I found Starfleet International, in fact. But I started using meditation and modeling myself on him. Um, I asked my parents for the original series box set for my birthday. They were surprised because I'd never mentioned Star Trek before. And I watched every single Spock-centric episode and literally modeled myself and the way I would deal with people on the way Spock would react in different situations. Since 2012, I think that's when everything started going up and I started not having problems with getting things done on time. Relationships with people were much better, didn't have problems finding work. So um, Spock and Star Trek specifically um, were a massive influence for good. I wish I'd kept the message on um, just before my 30th, which would have been August, I had contacted Leonard Nimoy on Facebook and he responded on my 30th to say happy birthday. And I had explained why he was such a big influence and what had happened and everything. I, I was really open with him. And he said that the fact that what he had done all those years ago could impact somebody now meant the world to him. And I wow. stupidly deleted <laughs> but the thing is you've got that memory you have that memory yeah. and 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 that's um i mean that's an amazing thing when you get you get a response from it because i mean we all do it we all for those of us on twitter we all do that little tag people in uh, our favorite actors and we go oh uh, you're so amazing you know some people do it better than others some people completely fanboy or fangirl out but when you get that response even if it's just a uh, mary chifo liked your tweet you know, it's like, or in uh, Adam Nimoy or Terry Farrell or, you know, anybody that's on Twitter. If, you they, know, if you, they respond. They respond, yeah. it's an amazing thing. But like you say, when when you tell them that what they've done has been a big impact, that, that that's gratification for, for, you know, for everybody, you know, is that, wow. And it's an amazing thing that he actually responded to you and said, you know, brilliant, well done. Thank you. I know. I'm, I'm really glad I was able to tell him. And then in 2016, I bumped into, on purpose, bumped into Adam Nimoy at Destination Star Trek before his talk, because I knew he'd be busy after the talk with people mm -hmm. wanting to meet him and I wanted the chance. So I, I like spotted him at a stall and just went over and spoke to him and told him um, what an impact his dad had been and that... Um, in in my writing my first sci-fi novel I'm dedicating it to Leonard Nimoy and he just gave me the massivest hug ever and I realized that his hands look exactly like his dad's so that made my day to be able oh. to tell him that his dad had been special even though I never met him that's brilliant I mean that's one of the reasons why we uh, we sort of talked about bringing bringing you on for this episode because of uh, how much you know uh, I mean you're not just the only one let's be let's be plain there are other people there that like Mr. Spock, uh, or Leonard Nimoy, but, <laughs> but yeah, that's why we wanted to bring bring you on and have a little chit chat with you about this. So, so yeah, brilliant. I mean, that says a lot about uh, the original series and the character uh, Spock in general. That even a show that was created in the sixties was can still influence people today. I just not in preparation for this episode, but um, just because I thought. Oh, you know what, I will try and see if I can watch some original series episodes. I put on, and I just went, blah, 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 random, episode 17, the Galileo 7. And it was just by chance. I didn't. I wasn't specifically looking for a Spock-centric episode, but I ended up with this one. Um, and you really get a really good impression of the character of Spock. Mm -hmm. Because you've got these human situation, these human emotional, you know, and you've got Mr. Spock being very logical and calculated in his decisions, um, like leaving people behind, having to leave. We need to leave uh, three people behind in order to get off this planet. And everybody's like, you can't leave anybody behind. That's cold. That's, you know, and it's like, but he's like, well, it's a logical, it's a logical choice. And yeah, I mean, I enjoyed the episode and it's a beautiful thing. It's one of my favourites. I, I loved it, yeah, and I will completely agree with you. I think it's going to be one of my favourites. 
I think we better get, uh, wake Gregor up because he's uh, he's. I'm assuming he's still there. He hasn't fallen asleep yet. But uh, Gregor, are you still there? You've never seen the Galileo Seven. Never seen it before. <laughs> no. Is that what you're saying? You've never seen the Galileo Seven until now. Until now, yes. Uh, it's, 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 it's not. It's, it's not oh, uncommon. Star Trek. It's not uncommon knowledge that I have not <sighs> watched a lot of TOS. Sue me. We can we can correct that. You need to watch it all so we can discuss my favourite episodes. I am definitely going to be doing that. Yes, because uh, like I say, doing well, my Galileo, Galileo sevens. Galileo sevens up there with one of the all-time greats of all Trek series. Never mind TOS. Um, yeah. So started off by yourself, JJ, saying that Spock was one of the most iconic. Um, characters created in Star Trek. I think a measure of just how iconic the character of Star Trek became and the portrayal by Leonard Nimoy is at the beginning of The Wrath of Khan. And Nicholas Meyer, the opening shot, his vision was he wanted to encapsulate something in the open, opening shot that captured the essence of Star Trek. And he did that by a close-up of Leonard Nimoy's ear and then pulling out from the ear mm. to the left of the rest of the bridge, because he believed that people would see the ear and right away know exactly um, where they were. So that, yeah, that's where uh, a measure or, or, or an indication of just how iconic uh, the Spock character had become. I mean, by this point, he'd been used in the 1970s to advertise Heineken. At the time, Heineken's Beer was, or Heineken's tagline on their adverts was refreshes the parts all our beers cannot reach. Um, so they did a play on that. I can't remember the exact quote, but they did a play on that with posters everywhere of Leonard Nimoy um, or as Spock uh, caricatures of him. And so yeah, that, that, that's how iconic the the character was. It was interesting, really, because I think your experience of Spock's first appearance in the motion picture is very different from the one I experienced. That's that's exact same scene because I was only nine, but I had seen a bit more of Star Trek mm-hmm. uh, than you had uh, when you were 30, or up to 30 at that point. And so I knew who Spock was. Um, and I don't think I was alone. I think there was probably bigger, more informed Star Trek fans than me felt like this at the time. And certainly there's people talk about Spock's entrance back onto the the Enterprise, where he basically walks on and blanks everyone, and uh, for what I thought at the time, well, wow, what a dick! Uh, <laughs> wasn't it? Wasn't oh, the, there? We go. The, there we go. I'm gonna have to put explicit on this. Wasn't now. The, <laughs> it wasn't the entrance back onto the the uh, Enterprise bridge that a lot of the fan fandom had hoped for, but you know, it, it has its place in the film in terms of the the narrative that they're trying to do in Spock's search for his place in the universe yeah. uh, and humanity and how it ties in with the, the Vija character. I think probably, I think it's impossible to talk about Spock and not talk about Leonard Nimoy and in particular the artistic input that Leonard Nimoy had, not only to Star Trek in general, but in specifically, more specifically rather, to the Vulcan lore. You know, begin, yes. you know beginning with um, Amok time probably most famously when we've got the, the first Live Long and Prosper, which uh, was Leonard Nimoy's idea. And that was the, you know, sort of, I'm sure he was making contrib- contributions towards the character artistically before then, but that's maybe the the, the one that everyone, yes. perhaps some people listening will know that it was Nimoy that came up with that, but it's certainly something that's, it's, it's, lived, it's lived long it. and prospered since then, that, that thing. I always like the um, the story when he tells of how he um, he knew about the idea because of course it's the um, the priest's blessing from the the synagogue that that symbol it'd be two of them out like that over the congregation that is a blessing it's um, that's the symbol for God's name and you don't speak it you you symbolize it and the whole congregation turns away so you can't see it because it's that holy he peaked he was six or seven. And he peeked while his dad wasn't looking to see what it was. And that's how he saw the sign and realized that because the Vulcans are telepathic and it's by touch, that they wouldn't shake hands and they wouldn't touch the same way, that it would be something, a symbol like that. And he remembered it and brought it in. And I thought that was lovely. I think it was an interview. I saw him tell the story and he, he, he thought it was funny that he was naughty enough to peek. 
So there's no point in asking JJ this question, but uh, what's your favourite original series episodes featuring Spock? Oh, uh, JJ, well, you I'm go not... get a cup of tea. Cause... <laughs> <laughs> I'll but just turn the microphone off. This might inspire him to watch more. So my favourite is probably, well, a mock time, just because I love them going back to the planet and seeing him among his, you know, his own world and the people there. Um, and so more of the um, the sort of background of them that makes them so different. Um, and I loved his performance in um, is it the Naked Time with the the PSI 2000 yeah. vibe um, yeah. when he breaks down. And apparently that wasn't scripted um, and he just started it and they did it in one take and they left it in because it was he just he was in the character and he didn't break out of character once and just broke down the exact way that it, he felt that it would be. And it was just perfect. So I, I love that. And in the city on the edge of forever, I love the connection between him and Kirk. And you see how, even though he controls his own emotions, that he can react to the emotion of somebody else when he tells Kirk that Edith Keeler has to die. The way he delivers it and the, the tone in Leonard Nimoy's voice as he says it, you can see how, that, Kirk, um, that Spock actually understands what Jim Kirk will feel and that it's important, but it's a terrible thing to have to say to him. I can't remember the name of the episode of... Oh, um, What's the one where, um, with the spores and Spock ends up at shore leave? Is that the one where he's with Layla? He ends up hanging out of a yeah. tree. Yeah, I think that's. I think it's shore leave. Yeah, maybe. I think so. I really like that because he got to show a different side of Spock with the the smiling and the laughing and falling in love. And I thought it was a very when he, at the very end of the episode when he just says for the first time in my life I was happy, and I was like. Oh. Yeah, I mean, I, I, there, are, there are a number of JJ's already mentioned the Galileo 7, so this is the only part of the conversation he can, yes. this part of the conversation that he can Yay. join in. Uh, you know, it's quite an integral uh, part. Galileo 7 is a good one for, you know, showing some of the distrust that some members of the crew still had for, for Spock uh, at this time. Shoreleave, I don't, I don't think Shoreleave is a great episode, but I think it was a, a, a good exploration of Spock's character. Yeah. yeah, but one of the ones that you didn't mention that sprung to mind for me when I asked you the question was Journey to Babel. Oh, yes. Uh, yes. That was the one that sprung to my mind, you know, where we, we, we meet Amanda and Sarek for the first time. Uh, yeah. And that, 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 was a big, that was a big episode. And again, JJ, this is nothing at all to do with you, but stuff like Journey to Babel, it all comes when you eventually get around to watching Enterprise because you've not seen that either. <laughs> There's quite a lot of that lore from Journey to Babel features in Enterprise, but don't you worry yourself about that. You've got DS9 to worry about as well, so... Um... <laughs> I don't, I've seen yeah, a big chunk Journey, of... Journey to Babel is one, one of my favourites, I think. Um, it's, it's one of those things that they don't spring to mind when I think about them, and then I get prompted and then realise that um, one of the one of the bits I liked in that was where they know, you know that they're there, going to Vulcan, and um, Kirk just says, do you want to go down and visit your parents? And he says... Uh, they are. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I thought that was great. Um, I, and talking of when um, you said like the Galileo Seven, um, the distrust you see that in um, Balance of Terror mm -hmm. when they, they first see the Romulans and there's um, one of the guys on the bridge just the expression on his face and that's when Kirk tells him to, you know, um, behave himself. Basically, you leave your bigotry in your quarters. And I yeah. thought that, that was. Um, that was good because yeah. of course yeah, just, they see the ears and the green skin and go, "Hey, they're our enemies." He looks like them. Yeah, but but you know, um, it's not it's not a particularly Spock centric one because it's more about Kirk and the the Romulan commander. It's very submarine type stuff. And of course, we've missed out the greatest TOS episode featuring Spock, which is Spock's brain. <laughs> Jim, they've taken Spock's brain. See, although that's not by any means a good episode, I think it showed that um, the good acting of Leonard Nimoy, that he could go through the entire episode and never speak a word until the very end, and that it was basically just focusing on his movements and his facial expressions or just the, the interaction of the others with them. So I, I like it from the fact that you see loads of him. There's a couple of things, because Spock's brain is a great drinking game. 
Yes. Yeah, every time someone says Spock's brain in the episode, you have a drink. That's great. <laughs> but um, I can't, you know, you remember the, the Magnificent Ferengi? Yes. Where Kievan's dead and Nog wires him up to remote control the dead body. Yes. He walks into the wall. Kivan yeah. walks into. When I watch Spock's brain now, I just have that image from the Magnificent Ferengi and Kivan walking into the the wall when they're trying to hand him over to Iggy Pop. <laughs> oh yes, that's funny. I've forgotten again, that. Again, again, JJ's missing out because he's not seen the Magnificent Ferengi. So. Oh, you have so much I to have look actually, forward to, there, I have actually seen the uh, Magnificent Ferengi. Oh, you have seen the Magnificent. Yes, because uh, we covered that for... Um, did we not cover that for Aaron's memorial? Um, I'm sure that was one of the ones we watched for as part of Aaron's movie night. Did we, was that, did we watch that one that night? I'm pretty I sure we did. did. No, we didn't. We watched uh, the Siege of AR558 and It's Only a Paper Moon, and we watched a Voyager episode. Yeah. Right, and I think it must have been mentioned then, but I did watch it in. Uh, I did watch it for some reason anyway, but I have did, seen it. Yeah. We did think about the magnificent Ferengi, but the other that's, ones that we did show were more Nog centric. That's yeah. It. That's Even it. though the magnificent Ferengi is obviously a Ferengi episode, it's not particularly Nog centric. And uh, just for our listeners who uh, have forgotten who I am, I'm JJ, aka the Alba Android. I am in the background. I am still here. I'm listening to everything these beautiful people are saying. Um, we just you off. <laughs> just uh, <laughs> talking about everything. But the thing is, this is a beautiful thing because at the end of the day, yes, okay, I've not seen a lot of TOS. Uh, I have been writing down the names of these episodes that you have been talking about, and I will go away and watch them. Um, but at the end of the day, this and is you an can ask me questions about them anytime JJ because I love to talk about them so please do if you see something you love you can message me and we'll talk about it I will definitely do that because one of the things um one of the reasons I wanted to do the podcast journey originally let's say was because I wanted to have an excuse and a reason to explore Trek to go through all the different levels and um iterations and characters and stuff like that to really re-engage with something that I I love but don't fully appreciate because I don't fully watch I don't know everything and again like I say as Gregor mentioned Deep Space Nine we're going through that me and Gregor and this is like I say part of that journey so yeah okay I haven't seen a lot of it but I am glad that we're talking about it because it's educating me so I am even though I'm not saying a lot in this episode I am really enjoying you know the the content of it so far. I think you're actually quite lucky, in a way, because when I was watching, it. when I was watching TNG and Deep Space Nine and Voyager the first time around, I couldn't discuss it the way that you can discuss stuff now mm-hmm. on you know whether it's over Zoom or on online forums. At that time, I couldn't. It was just me and a, another friend that I had that liked Star Trek. You've got but, the best of it, JJ, because you've got everybody that you can you know and you can talk to and. Yeah, you're right, Gregor. And, and when I started watching it, I didn't know anybody that liked Star Trek. I joined um, SFI a year later in 2013, and that's when I then found this group of people and friends that I've then made who like the same thing as me. But I had to watch it basically on my own and with the vague memories that my dad had of watching it in um, when it came around the first time. So you're lucky. It's- yeah, and, and to be honest, I'm feeling the love right now. I really am feeling the love. Um, and yeah, I, I completely worry, agree with that. Don't worry, it'll be short-lived. <laughs> Gregor, I work with you on this podcast on a regular basis. I know how short-lived that love can be. Um, but love thing... is a fleeting thing. Oh, it's it, always it, the people closest to you that stamp on it. <laughs> <laughs> um but the thing is, right, I mean, fair enough. Okay, the, the episodes, the original series episodes, I'm not particularly clued up on, but I have seen the the movies, and that's where a big chunk of my Spock diet came from, uh, was the was the movies. I, yes. <laughs> um, I always watch the three back-to-back, Rock of Khan, Search for Spock, and Voyage Home. I watch them as a three, so it'll be a day when I'm not having to work the next day, and I'll just... One on, I love it. I mean, and watch the trilogy. The, the the two films that are my all-time favourites are the uh, the Wrath of Khan, pure and simply because of the the scene with Spock 
and Kirk, I have been and always, um, I'm, not, I'm not exactly getting this quote right, but something along the lines of I have been and always will be your friend. Been and always shall be your friend. That's the one. Thank you, Ailey. I knew you'd uh, have that one <laughs> ready to correct me on something. Uh, but I love that because even if you've never seen the dynamic between Spock and Kirk, uh, whether it be through the films or whether it be through the series, in that one scene, in that one scene alone, you really get that friendship between the two of them. And it's just there in that one scene, I think, for me. People might not agree with that. People might say you might have to watch a bit more to truly get it, but I genuinely believe you do get a no, good sense of it. No, you see enough power in that scene to, exactly, to really understand. Yeah. Watching through TOS will explain all that for you and yeah. make it even more powerful next time you watch it. The only thing that sort of bothers me, particularly regarding Spock, and that's and that particular scene was, uh, and it spoiled the 2009 film, the uh, Kelvin Trek. It spoiled it a little bit for me because they went and redid that scene, but they they switched it around. <laughs> but yeah, uh, but like the whole the whole Wrath of Khan rehash, which is basically what Into Darkness was in a sense. Yeah. It was it was taking a story that had already been done. Uh, and redoing See, it. If that's stuck with the original story of the the whole of the Harrison character, that had yeah. the potential to be a good movie. They did oh, not definitely. need to do what they did. Definitely, definitely. And it's also the reason that I hate Benedict Cumberbatch, and I'm just saying that. I, I won't forgive him for ruining the movie. <laughs> oh, I think it's a bit. I think that's a bit harsh for because I mean I think he's a he's a good no, actor no, no, and he no, played no. The, he played the character well. It's just no, it should no, never no, have. No. no. He should have had at least an Indian play it. He was called Khan. I can get, con- get over Mexican like Ricardo Montalban because he played him brilliantly, but I will, not Benedict Cumberbatch. I will concede that point. I will concede that point. But <laughs> he he ran with the ball he was given, right? So I can't really slag Benedict for that because he was just he was the one that was casted for it. Yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? So, all the criticisms aside, I think he did play a good part. Was he the right one for the part? Like you say, I agree agree with your statement on that one. But but that was was the one thing. But what I will say, though, is regarding the uh, Kelvin timeline films, is Zachary Quinto, I mean, come on, I mean... Does he does he get does he do a good Spock? I mean, okay, it's not. He does. He, he he does it well and he does it respectfully. I think. I think. And he was picked by Lennon Nimoy to play him. Um, they gave exactly. him casting rights and he was chosen. So I think you can't really argue with that. Um, I mean, to be fair, the whole cast out of the films. I think I think the cast is the one of the few good things about the film is the casting for it. They do work really well um but yeah so there's, there's and there's one one of the things i like talking about and doing really well um there is um oh, i think it was one of the interviews after in 2009 came out and somebody had asked um leonard nimoy what he thought of carl urban's performance as um mccoy and he said that it made him cry because he got it spot on the mannerisms the voice because of course he's, he's, he watched all the episodes and studied him. So even down to having the little ring on his finger that DeForest Kelly always had, and the fact that Leonard Nimoy said that that portrayal of his old friend brought him to tears. I thought that was that's a tribute to an actor. I think that is. I mean, I can't I can't argue with that one bit because one of the things that is a recent development for me, just as a quick sidebar, is I've started to watch more films. I've started to be more interested in who the characters are and who the that play them for a lot I didn't even know about who Carl Urban was I mean to my shame I didn't know who he was until I watched uh, Star Trek 2009 when I first saw him on the screen I honestly thought he was from the (laughs) southern (laughs) southern states of America you you didn't know know he was a New Zealander and I didn't know and I only found out speaking in his real voice I, I didn't know he was from New Zealand until until I watched um, in 2020. I started watching the uh, Netflix series, the uh, the Amazon series, uh, The Boys. I don't know what it is about uh, actors from other countries like New Zealand, Australia, America, but they seem to play better Brits than we do. <laughs> 
because he plays a, his character is British in The Boys, if you've not seen it, and he, you know, he, he does a really good job of it. And then I thought, hang on a minute, he's doing a really good British accent. Where is he actually from? And then, oh, New Zealand. Okay. So you never saw him in Lord. You never saw him in Lord of the Rings then. I, I I'll have seen him in Lord of the Rings, but I didn't know who he was then. It, it's that very me. obvious when you go back and look. And, I, and course, retrospectively, yeah. Yeah, they were filmed there, and I think that's that's how he got the part. It was, I think, it was just going to be a a, a non-speaking part. He was one of the riders of Rohan, but mm. they actually let him speak. And I think it's just either one word or one line he says, and that's pure New Zealand that comes out of his mouth. I'm gonna have to go back and properly off. watch that. But just it. it's one of the riders of Rohan. I will definitely do that. Um, but just to go back to uh, original series films. So I mentioned uh, the Wrath of Khan, which is, like I say, one of my favourites for the scene we mentioned. The other film is the, the Voyage Home, because Spock in 20th century Earth is just the scene on the bus, the riding on the bus, and the way, I mean, that, that just, I <laughs> tickle, <laughs> that, that tickles me. I mean, the whole film is, is a brilliant film we've all, you know, I mean, I think that's a really good, light-hearted film. And it's a good one to go to for me when I'm feeling a bit bit down and out. Those are the we two. We trivia about that one, JJ. The the Vulcan nerve pinch. Um, Leonard Nimoy invented that as well for one of the original series episodes. There's um one episode that you won't have seen yet, um, but Greg will know the one I'm talking about, where um Kirk is split into two, um, and there's the good self and there's the evil Kirk. Spock has to knock him out or in the script he was to knock him out and it was supposed to be a proper haymaker like punch under the jaw and thrown from one end of the corridor to the other Leonard Nimoy said Spock wouldn't do that because it was too, he thought it was too violent a way to demobilize somebody and he thought that using the hands which are very symbolic and again like I said with the the, the salute and the telepathic you know being able to feel through the hands um, that he thought that a nerve pinch was a much more Vulcan way to do it and mm. He just did it for the first shot, and they went, actually, we'll go with that. It was much better. So that with the um, knocking out the punk on the bus, that nerve pinch was invented by Nimoy for the original series. It wasn't... The enemy, the so enemy, the enemy, enemy within. within. That's know, it, yes. Funnily enough, <laughs> that is actually one of the few... Uh, the few episodes of the original series that I have actually seen and remember. Because <laughs> okay, if... watch them in order so that you can watch the character development. I, I will. I, I'm, if I remember correctly, <laughs> was it a transporter accident that split yeah. uh, Kirk? Uh, so his good personality and his bad personality. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, had, it had to be a transporter accident because they hadn't invented holodeck malfunctions at that point. Yeah. They didn't so have transporter accidents after transporter. the holiday malfunctions came along. The, I, I do know that uh, at some point uh, the original series does uh, mirror, uh, mirror Universe episodes as well, or episode. I don't know if they do Mirror, one mirror. Yeah, Mirror, mirror. So I'm actually looking forward to watching that particular episode because I'd love to see the mirror, the mirror spot and see how that differs from our universe spot. Because I think that's that's something I think was a missed possible missed opportunity i think in in discovery was the fact that they didn't do a mirror spock in that one as well i, f- I would have loved i was like oh we're gonna see we're gonna see all the you know everybody and i was like oh that would be no it's not happening i mean unless it happens again unless unless we're actually sorry gregor we're talking about discovery i'm, I'm in i'm in a mirror universe where new star trek is just rubbish i want to get back to the, my universe where star trek was good <laughs> You're just, Star Trek if you're yeah. just joining us, this is a positive to come. <laughs> coming back to your point about Mirror Mirror, I don't think Spock's that different in Mirror Mirror. No, he has this. He actually, you find, um, without too many spoilers for JJ, you actually find that Mirror Spock has basically the same values. The fact that, um, yeah, he's not as Mirror as people, as the rest of the characters are. I mean, Chekhov's nuts. Mm-hmm. Sulu. Oh, wait, wait till you see Sulu in the Mirror Universe. <laughs> I'm looking forward that, to this one. And I'll say nothing, but that scene, having met and spoken to George Takai and asked him what his favourite scene was, and the photograph that I handed him to have signed for my best friend was that one, and he just went, haha, that's my favourite scene. And it's a particular piece, and without giving anything away, he vaults the 
bar in the bridge. I'll say nothing else. You know that the, the oh, the I think I've. I think I've seen a, yes. like a, a meme or a, a photograph. Yeah, you're of probably that well but you haven't actually seen the, the thing. episode. Yeah, that's your favourite scene. So, yes, um, and I plan maybe maybe for next DST if I have time to do it. I am planning to a cosplay mirror Spock with hopefully a, two others who are going to do mirror Kirk and mirror Uhura, and we'll go around the three of us together. I'm just, I mean, for the listeners, I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm Ailey is my commanding officer on the U, because uh, we're all uh, crew members, including Gregor, on the USS Alba. So Ailey is our commanding officer. So you may hear her uh, put me down a couple of times, but that's not because she's a nasty person. That's just because she's making sure this android behaves himself and represents the Alba in a very positive way. But I can't help but look at my Zoom call screen right now and imagine my CEO with a beard and moustache. Uh, just a bit, really, just 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 a wee bit of moustache. But this this will make you laugh because when I was having said my dad knows Star Trek and he knew the Mirror Mirror episode, when I told him that I was planning to cosplay Mirror Spock and I and I have four younger sisters, his words were, "Wow." You are the only one of my daughters that will look good in a beard. How that, how did you read that? Think, please. A massive compliment. <laughs> because I know that I would. Um, so I love yes, it. I'm planning to do the whole thing. The the goatee. Uh, I've got the the mirror universe badge already. All I need really is the um, to adapt the science tunic, and I need um, a pair of um, higher leather boots because they're proper, almost like thigh high. I, the, I, the, I love that idea. Yeah. Um, and the the plan is for uh, well one of them has already done a um, mirror ahura we've not done mirror kirk yet but it's going to be more like a, a what people call gender bend so um, the kirk with the, the gold waistcoat is oh, going to yeah. be more like a corset version so I, 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 you know, um, that is something I, I really um i really appreciate when people do that because i think it's great that people have the confidence and the to to basically do a character that is not i've seen uh, like a a dst 2018 for example i saw um a fella walking around who was cosplaying seven of nine yeah you saw that you saw him as well the girl walking around as um as khan as khan she's got a fake chest on khan i buy you a drink my dear dear me Oh dear! Oh. Honest, this is what I've, this is what this is my life on these things. <laughs> I Honestly. can imagine. So, oh. but, um, but yeah, no, the mirror. Just, mirror just to bring you back on, just to bring you back on track for a moment, if I may. Go on. Uh, I'd like to talk about Star Trek Three. Just, can I just double check you've seen uh, that one first of all, JJ. That you, you've seen the search for Spock. Yes, um, um, we should have done because we've uh, we, we've reviewed the films in Spock the week before. So, so yeah, I mentioned earlier about Leonard Nimoy's artistic contribution to Star yeah. Trek. Well, Star Trek Three p- perhaps was a, seen a sea change in the way Star Trek was produced because it was the first movie or episode, for that matter, I think, that had been directed by one of the actors. That's correct. Um, so, yeah. So start, you know, Leonard Nimoy getting to start direct Star Trek three, which is, I guess, part of the reason why he's not in it that much. Partly because he was dead at the beginning of the movie. <laughs> yeah, and, that, um, that might have something to do with it. That that part, partly had something to do with it, but uh, also that was an opportunity for him to spend more time behind the camera. Uh, at that point. Yes. Um, a lot of people say the odd numbered films aren't that good. I actually like. Star Trek theme, like yourself, Ailey, I, I do think it's part of a trilogy. It forms its own little trilogy with two story. and four, either side of it. I think, to be honest yeah. with you, there's, there's, um, there, there is, I mean, to be honest with you, the, um, the Final Frontier is the only film that I have problem with. And it's not, a, it's not a problem as in, you know, I don't like it, it's just, it just doesn't. I mean that's the only one that I've, every, every the other ones are, are okay with because I think is it the is it that is it that one we see uh, Spock's half brother in that and one. See, people always say oh, Cyborg. But Cyborg. Brother. I'm like I I disagree with that comment that people always think well we didn't know about Cyborg because Spock would have mentioned him. No, most people don't know I have a half brother or had 
um, because I don't talk about him. So mm-hmm. it, it never was a problem. I, I never thought, no, most people, you know, if there's a problem or issue or didn't know him that much, you wouldn't randomly go around telling people who everybody that's in your family. So Nobody knew his mum and dad until they turned up in the Enterprise. <laughs> No, there you go. I mean, and the thing is, I mean, the the real the real reason that um, I'm I'm not a big fan of the Final Frontier is the whole God bringing them through and stuff like that. And turns out it's not. It's uh, some I can never say that word. The begins with an O. Omnipotent. That's the one. Thank you, Gregor. So it turns out it's not. But I just I think I just don't like that as a storyline. I like I like most of it. Um, and again, I, I will watch it and I prefer it to any of the Next Generation ones, um, mainly because I don't have the same affinity with the Next Generation cast. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love the connection that you see between Kirk, Spock and McCoy. And when they're sitting around and um, when Kirk says, I um, almost lost a brother once. And I was like, you see that they, they're brothers, not just comrades. And you see that connection between them. And I think that's really quite strong as well. Oh, and um... when, when climbing up the rock and McCoy's practically wetting himself in panic that he's going to fall down and I was like you can see that the three go together they like the three musketeers they have to be there I, def- uh, I would definitely agree with that definitely would so we, we we mentioned earlier on we, we talked about a lot about Leonard Nimoy's portrayal of Spock personally personal opinion think he is Mr Star Trek if there was ever such a thing as a Mr Star Trek the guy that is Star Trek that is the guy that everybody I would say it would be Spock because he, he is the only well the only one I remember anyway I might, might, there might be a couple of others I'm not sure but is it one of the only because there was two pilots wasn't there for the original series there was the mm-hmm. the first and he was he was the only one that carried over into the second pilot wasn't he he's also the only actor that appeared in every single episode of the original series so he's never missed every single episode he makes an appearance. Every single episode, even briefly. There you go. Tell me, Gregor, does he does he make an appearance in Enterprise at all in any way, shape, or form? Whether it be a reference to Memory Alpha or or anything like that, does he actually appear in that at all? Even if it's like a no, no. So that would be the but only he does one. Does appear he'd... in the Next Generation? So he appears in the Next Generation. I love that double episode unification. Followed closely by Sarek because you actually see that, regardless of him never having said it, that he really did care for Spock. But Unification is a brilliant episode. I really like that. The two of them. Does it? He doesn't make any. He doesn't make any appearances in 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 Voyager, does he? He's referred to. Referred to. Okay, so that that counts. That counts. His name is mentioned. The only the only series that he's not actually been mentioned, referenced, or appeared in is Enterprise. Then. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, that little bit of uh, fun aside. So, yeah, so we've mentioned Leonard Nimoy's portrayal. We've briefly touched on uh, Zachary Quinto's uh, portrayal. Um, What about uh, Ethan Peck? I like him. But then he's grandson of my all-time favourite actor. So there's a little bit of Regency bias there then. Yeah, his voice is the same. The way he sits, the way he moves, the way he looks. It was Gregory Peck looking at me. Um, he was very pleasant to speak to, very personable. Um, even though he had a sign up said no selfies, he gave me a whole stream of them. Yeah, very nice. And was, again, handpicked and casting rights given to the Nimoy family. I, there was an, um, I read an interview. He had to drive all the way out to where they live in California to meet them to see whether he was going to be you know given the the go ahead mm-hmm. and he said that he nearly turned the car around several times because the fact the feeling of having going and meeting Leonard Nimoy's son was too terrifying that it nearly scared him and he nearly drove wow. home but then he went and he met him and was you know given the the go ahead and said you know, he sang shouted and cried all the way back home after finishing because so. that's that's uh that, that must be i mean it, i mean we we all know how daunting it is for us to meet our um to some people heroes idols to go matter. and meet the the son of the person yeah. that, whose but character you're going to portray to meet that yeah exactly that must be one of the i mean that's one he- i mean let's be honest with you i mean anybody terrified. anybody <laughs> that um that plays the part i mean so like i say we've got zachary quinto and ethan peck the level of weight on their shoulders to 
not copy the character, but to play it in such a way that it, you know, it's respectful to the original and does the original without actually copying it and doing it well. I think that's an amazing burden. I think both of them, by the way, if you, if either, you know, if Zachary Quinto or Ethan Peck happen to be listening to this episode, well done, guys, because <laughs> you you did a brilliant job. Um, I just love the fact that it's his job, but he was terrified of, you know, oh. taking on taking on the role without them saying do it. <laughs> oh, I mean that's 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 I mean that's fantastic. I mean I can I mean I can just remember the the first time I met somebody that uh, I mean I wasn't even you know going to an audition or acting and like I say the amount of nerves and stuff like that. So I can <laughs> I can only imagine what that must have been like. That must have been one hell of a long ass drive going. <laughs> Um, well, well yeah. done to you. Well done to you. Appreciate. It. We are starting to sort of draw to the end of this. I mean, we can always revisit this again later on when we go on to the so the later series, and we can probably maybe talk about the the Kelvin Kelvin characters as well in the future. But there's plenty of material to keep you going for a good long while. <laughs> well, that's it. I mean, we've we've got so many we can we can go go along with. So, for those of our listeners, all four of you who've seen episode nine with uh, our second off uh, our first officer sorry uh, Ian Struthers he nominated Ailey for this particular episode oh well sorry the, the character of Spock and we, we you know Ailey came along so so I would like to invite our guest Ailey Montgomery oh. to pick our next TOS character that we will talk Uhura Uhura so we're going to go with Uhura right okay so you're here Yes. You've heard it here, guys. It's locked in. It's live on air. It will not be edited out. Uh, and it's... Uh, is it Nio- Nioto or Nioto? Nioto. Nioto. That's it. Nioto, Uhura. And Uhura, just for interest that anybody might like, because I love anything to do with words, Uhura uh, means um, freedom in Swahili. Well, there you go. That's something. The Alba Android is definitely learning some things today in today's episode. And that is absolutely brilliant. I did not know that. Just think how much you would learn if you watch Star Trek. <laughs> just think how much easier this would be without you. And just think how much you've got before you. The world is your oyster. You have all this to watch That's... and then you can talk about. Oh, it's going to be, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I genuinely looking forward to it. And the other thing as well is I'm looking forward to um, getting, you know, talking with people about their characters and particularly their favourite characters. Because for those of you listening, if you if you want to talk about a particular character, when we get our character list for the next recording, we put that out on Twitter, follow us on Twitter. And if you want to talk about a character, come along. Um, I mean, we've, we've got Ailey this week talking about Spock. But it doesn't matter how many people we get talking. You know, we could have five, six, you know, four or five, six people on at one time. Doesn't matter. Come along. We'll we'll talk about uh, your favourite character. So just keep your eyes and ears open. But that's basically what we're going to do is we'll announce who we're going to talk about. One of the things we'd like to do as well is give you an opportunity to talk about the Alba, to talk about yourself, uh, where you can be found, what you're up to, how to find the Alba. The floor is yours. Please tell us about yourself and the Alba, please. Okay. It's probably easier to um, start with the Alba first. Um, So we can be found on a Twitter you just look up USS Alba and you'll find us. We have the USS Alba Rec Deck, which is the public page. If you join that, generally, if it's myself that lets you aim in, aim, I will then pop up a welcome post with the link to join to become a full member. After that, you then graduate to the crew only page, which is where all the fun happens. We also have a Discord channel for when um, members that like to use Discord, and um, once you're a member, we can give you the link to that as well. Um, you can also find us and other chapters if you are um, in different areas and want to chapter closer to you by going to the Region 20 website. Um, any questions, you can email me at um, co.ussalba at gmail.com. Um, and myself, not that much. Um, I am a book geek. I collect old books. Um, I have a massive Star Trek collection, surprise, surprise. I have an ever-growing um, Scottish legal 
library, mostly huge leather-bound tomes from the 1890s at the moment. Eclectic tastes in anything and everything I can possibly get my hands on literature-wise. I write science fiction myself, and I have a very boring job in the government. And that's, that's, that's probably why I write and like Star Trek, to hide from the real world. That's basically me. Um, I love language. I speak a couple of them myself fluently, Gaelic being my favourite one. Um, a few others that I'm learning here and there at the moment, I'm learning Hebrew and Spanish. I think a bit like Spock, I love languages and I love learning anything I can get my hands on. So I'm I'm always busy, but Alba always comes first and I always have time for her. Thank you very much, um, Ailey. Commodore Ailey Montgomery of the USS Alba Starfleet International Region 20 chapter. Uh, our good friend, our commanding officer, and a true Vulcan from top to toe. Apart from the massive smile I had just then, sorry. <laughs> that's okay. Yeah. That's okay because when Spock found out that Jim was alive at the end of Amok time, he smiled. So that's okay. Oh yes. You are Jim. allowed to. You are allowed to smile. You are allowed to smile. So guys, thank you very much for tuning in. If you've lasted throughout the entire episode, what the hell were you doing? You're never getting this hour back. It's gone. Say goodbye to it. It's done. Yeah, but it's the best hour because I was there. <laughs> yes, it is. And that's what we want to hear. At the end of the day, if we, <laughs> if we entertain one person, we've done something right. That's the most important thing. And if we entertain more, brilliant. So, guys, thank you for listening. I have been your host, uh, JJ, the Albert Android. And... We have been joined tonight by Ailey Montgomery. And even though he's not said a lot this episode, he has been in the background. He is my co-host and good friend, Gregor Cameron. Our Twitter handles, uh, our contact details for the Alba um, and for the uh, for ourselves individually, we'll put that in the show notes. Um, so please check that out. Um, but like I say, look for us on Twitter. We'll... You know, we will respond if, uh, as and when we can. Thank you for listening. You've been great. Live long and prosper. Thank you for listening to Sparkler Week. Tune in next week for more Sparkler Week action and never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast on the catcher that you are listening to us on. If you want to follow us on Twitter, then you can find us at Sparkler Week. Drop us a message, tell us how we're doing, or make a suggestion. We're welcome to all input from all our fans. So don't hesitate to get in touch and follow us on Twitter and on our Facebook page as well. Why not join us in 10 Forward if you like what we do and want to say thank you? The link for our Buy Me A Coffee page is in the show notes. So please check that out and... Uh, Hopefully we'll see you there. If not, we will see you next week. Live long and prosper. It's up to you. As long as you come back next week and listen to us once again, we'll be happy to have you back. Live long and prosper. I don't know why I did the same because nobody's going <laughs> to... It's a podcast. <laughs> you, can't say, you can't say live long and prosper without doing it. No, it's, it's like a reflex action. It really is.